You are listening to the Sound and Faith Podcast, coming to you from Faith Baptist Fellowship in beautiful Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I'm Pastor Thomas Lawson. And I'm Pastor Mike Johnson. And our aim is to encourage the saints of Faith Baptist Fellowship to believe sound doctrine and what, Mike? Uh, to live lives. <laughs> to live lives that adorn the gospel of Jesus Christ. I won't do that again without giving you a heads up. I was looking at my phone. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt playing uh, yeah. Candy Crush. Yeah. Is that what you're doing? What hey, we uh, are very excited today. Now, if you're watching the video of this podcast, you've already figured out who our special guest is uh, today. I, I teased it on the Wednesday update. So uh, those, those of you who watch the podcast, let's do it. No, we, we record it earlier in the week. We publish it on Friday. I teased on the Wednesday update that we're going to have a special guest. And uh, if you're watching, you already know who that is. But Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. Hollywood. <laughs> As you can see, <laughs> we have the huge blessing of having Pastor Dana Olson with us today. Amen. Amen. Welcome, nice Pastor Nice to be Dana. here. So glad to be with you guys. Yeah. Um, do, do you know about faith? Are you familiar with faith Baptist? <laughs> no, no place I'd rather be. Oh, I know, Amen, Amen. Um, so, Pastor Mike, why why do we have Pastor Dana on the program today? What's uh, what's the reason for that? Well, we have this little mini series going. We've been talking about um, singing the word, preaching the word, and we are to the point of wanting to talk about praying the word yep. as as something we do in the in the corporate life of our church. And we thought, you know, we could really use. Uh, the input of our dear brother, Pastor Dana, uh, to help us walk through this and do so in a thoughtful way, um, because he has put so much of his life and his effort into encouraging prayer among the body of Christ. Amen. Yeah. So, we're excited for that. Uh, like 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 you just said there, Mike, we're doing this little mini-series on uh, what we call the regulative principle of worship. So, the four elements, you just covered three of those. Uh, we, we preach the Word, we sing the word, we pray the word. Uh, we'll do a later episode on we see the word through the ordinances, um, and we've kind of been splitting these up. But last week when we got done with singing the word, we thought, you know, hey, let's get Pastor Dana on here, yeah, and let's just continue on with the series. And so I'm really glad to have you here today, Pastor Dana. I'm honored and uh, so glad to be here. Wouldn't ra- would rather be. There's nowhere else I'd rather be. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Very awesome. good. Well, um, Pastor Mike, we want to jump into these uh, questions here. Uh, we've got some questions for Pastor Dana. And, um, you know, Pastor Dana, you know, let's just start this way. Um, what do we mean when we say we pray the Word? Well, what I would mean by that is simply uh, prayers that are informed and encouraged and strengthened by the truth of God's Word, um, you know, letting the the uh, truth of Scripture so permeate our thoughts uh, and our affections that when we pray, they, the truth of God's Word spills out of us. Mm-hmm. So um, it doesn't mean, um, you know, reciting memorized prayers, though there, there can be a place for that, but that's not what I mean by that, uh, or um, praying just a few favorite passages or whatever, but it means uh, just when your life is... Um, permeated with God's word, then when you pray, the language of Scripture, the truth of Scripture, mm. comes out out of you. Oh, mm. That's really good. So, you know, that sh- should that be our? I mean, I'm, I'm guessing that should be our prayer disposition all the time. Well, I just think if you're soaking in the word, um, then when you pray, the truth of the word will come out of you, 
And um, so, uh, you know, um, it's not like every prayer is going to be full of scripture or anything like mm-hmm. that. There's a place for brief prayers and so forth. But um, I mean, when you when you review the prayers of scripture, like Jesus' own prayers, uh, the Lord's prayer, the high priestly prayer, or you review Paul's prayers, you just see so much truth in them. Yeah. And um, and so often, I think we're, what was this was birthed in me. Um, through working with people over the years and recognizing that for many people who had been Christians for long time, decades even, they still prayed almost childlike, simple, brief prayers. And, um, and so how do we encourage a greater depth and breadth in people's prayer lives? I think Scripture is the school of prayer, so mm. to speak. Sure. School of prayer. That's awesome. So how does that kind of praying fit? And this is for, you know, either of you gentlemen. How does prayer fit into the gathered worship? Well, I think just simply it it ought to be there. I mean, uh, there ought to be um, uh, prayer as part of our worship because we love God and because we want to um, call upon Him. If Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing, so... We long for the presence and power of Christ in our worship and in our body life as a church, and so there ought to be prayer as part of that worship. And um, and again, if if the leaders are bringing that prayer into the worship and their lives are saturated with Scripture, then as they pray, Scripture will come spilling out, truth will come spilling out of their prayers. And... Um, and I just think it, it helps the body grow and learn mm. to pray when they hear their leaders pray. And it, it also, I think, uh, affects the love in the body of Christ when people hear the needs of the body brought to the throne of grace. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's an expression of love mm. in the body. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So I just a lighter moment. Like, what do you think of that quip? That I, I think sometimes people get a little nervous and they'll say things like, well, let's just pray real quick. <laughs> and they'll say that in the church sometimes. Like somebody will say, let's just pray real quick. I'm sure yeah. I'm guilty of saying something like that too. And I, <laughs> I just think sometimes we don't think about phrases that we use. But generally speaking, I mean, um, uh, prayer ought to be just such a part of who we are as the body of Christ, as the people of God, that um, w- it doesn't need to be real Quick. Real quick, yeah. right? So, do we pray too long sometimes? Uh, I, I don't think so. Although there's a story about D.L. Moody um, that he was preaching a, a evangelistic service, and a pastor had been called on to pray, and he prayed so long that Moody finally got up and said to Sankey, um, uh, "While our brother finishes his prayer, uh, let's <laughs> sing a hymn." <laughs> and so they started so. singing to cut the guy off. And so well. there may be a few occasions, but boy. That would be rare in worship today in America. So, you know, during our worship service here, I I think one of the things that I'm really thankful that we have is a pastoral prayer. Mm -hmm. Um, And it tends to be a longer prayer than what some people might be used to when they come into a worship service. Now, I I have to tell this little story. Mark Dever, uh, Capitol Hill Baptist, and I'm going to just paraphrase this quote. He said, we pray so long that people start to get squirmy as uh, as, his church. Capitol Hill Baptist, and I, I, you know, maybe it is something that's part of the discipline of our church to get into that sense of like, 
hey, we're used to people praying five, six, sometimes seven, eight minutes. Um, I know that when I was in seminary, one of my jobs at seminary, one of my campus jobs, there was this Scottish pastor that had pastored for 55 years by the name of William Still, and all of his sermons had been recorded. All of his church services had been recorded, and they had me transfer those to digital, and some of his pastoral prayers went on for 25 minutes. Whoa. Yeah. Mm. I'm not suggesting we no. necessarily move in, in that direction. Worship. But um, that just shows you, I, I think, you know, that sense of a, a corporate pastoral prayer, um, you know, it might be longer than what most people are used to. And Pastor Dana, for like a listener who might be saying, hey, we would love to start incorporating more focused prayer into our worship services, how could a pastor shepherd his church towards having a pastoral prayer that might go longer than what his congregants are used to? Well, I would just say set the example of praying in such a way that your heart is really engaged Mm. with God, and then it's expressing your love for your people through your prayer to the throne of grace. Mm -hmm. And when when they hear the needs of the body expressed in that way, I, I think it will help them to grow in affection for wanting wanting those prayers. Mm. And I think our church has, has over the years, developed a, a, a taste for that so that they enjoy hearing um, the needs of the body brought to the throne of grace, and and it's it's very meaningful to them. Yeah. Good work. I, I remember when we were doing, a, a, you know, we were doing some interviews with people as you were finishing up your time here, uh, one person commented about how much they loved. There's like he, he prays this five six minute long prayer, and uh, they I just love that. And mm. I I just I was you know that's such an encouragement to hear that people are loving prayer uh, one, and one, growing in that. One of the concerns in saying these things is that I think sometimes pastors are guilty of of. Um, preaching at their people through their prayer. Mm. And that's one warning I would offer. Um, don't use the prayer to preach at people, um, to because a lot of times we say things in prayer that God knows well before we say what we're saying. And uh, we're actually trying to communicate to the people through the prayer we're offering to God. And I think that's something t- to be wary of doing. Try not to do that. Um, but rather heartfelt expression of love for God and desire for God and expressing the needs of the body at the throne of grace. One of the things we've done, of course, is pray for missionaries and, and yes. uh, ministries and so forth. And again, that's a way of uh, communicating our heart and passion mm-hmm. for yeah. the gospel to go to the world and to go to our city uh, by interceding for these who are part of our ministry in that way. So you've made prayer a centerpiece of your ministry uh, for many years, long before you were the lead pastor of Faith Baptist Fellowship. So can you share with with us what that's looked like through the years? Well, uh, Maybe course, even some setup, sorry to interrupt, so maybe some setup, what led you to that? Well, of course, it started in childhood. My dad was my pastor growing up, and my dad always made prayer. I grew up in a praying home. My mom and dad prayed and um, prayed with us boys, and... And my dad always had a prayer meeting in his church. They were never large, uh, just small group of Christians meeting every week to pray. And I grew up in the kind of home where if we got home from basketball practice or Little League baseball, uh, and it was it was prayer meeting night, we had to run over to the church and participate uh, unless there was youth group. That was the only uh, good excuse to miss is if there was youth group at church. But 
Otherwise, even as boys, we were part of the prayer meeting. And, and so I grew up with that instilled in me. Mm. And then um, some formative experiences as well through college and seminary uh, impacted me. And, and so when I became a pastor, I wanted to have a prayer meeting. I've always had a prayer meeting. Again, I haven't put an emphasis on it being large or anything, but just some Christians meeting together at the throne of grace and uh, bringing the needs of the church and of the, the, the nation and the world to the throne of grace mm. um, and, and trying to infuse those prayer times with Scripture. Uh, so it, it just it's developed over time. Um, it became, uh, in my ministry in Lincoln, Nebraska, my first church, um, the heartbeat was to disciple people to pray Scripture, to pray God's Word. And, um, and so that's kind of become the hallmark of my uh, ministry through the years. 40 years now of full-time ministry is trying to disciple people to pray Scripture. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that ties in well to, you know, when you, you mentioned when you got here to faith, starting a prayer meeting, and, and specifically at faith, what are some ways in which you've helped people learn and be discipled in how to pray Scripture? Well, first of all, along with um, just having a prayer meeting, but uh, it really has to impact the leadership. So it mm. does start with leadership. And so from the very first meetings with the staff and with the elders, it became our practice to spend extended periods of time in prayer. And uh, with the elders, all through the 14 years, it was on our knees. And I don't mean for a minute or two. I mean for 15, 20 minutes more, whatever it took, but extended periods of time in intercessory prayer um, so that the people in the body came to understand that their elders were devoted to prayer Mm. and to prayer for the church family. It wasn't something just talked about. It wasn't lip service, but it was something truly that we were devoted to. And then the staff, every week, uh, we could make the promise to people that when you put in a prayer request, it will be prayed for. Mm. Uh, and we have that uh, assurance that we offer to the people. When you share a prayer request with us, uh, it will be prayed for. And so um, so that was one thing. And then the second thing was in the Bible readings, we included prayer points. Mm. So for those not from faith, we publish every week um, Bible readings and prayer points for helping people to have a devotional life with God, a daily time with God in, in the Word and in prayer. And the prayer points were an effort to help people uh, translate what they'd been reading in the Scriptures into prayer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so sort of pointers or tips on how to bring what you've just been reading to the throne of grace in prayer. And I would say those were two really essential building blocks impacting the leadership to be leaders who lead by prayer. That's a phrase I've used for many years, leading by prayer, and then helping people in their daily life to pray Scripture. That's awesome. So tell me, how you how have you seen, and this isn't just like the public praying, uh, but how have you seen prayer shape Faith Baptist Fellowship? Like, you, <clears throat> this, I'll just, a little bit of a, mm. my perspective, I, I come to faith... <clears throat> and blown away by the intensity and the desire of the people to pray. Um, you know, thinking of my very first elder meeting, and we said, let's pray. And every man around that table, I think there was, there was a full council, so I don't know, maybe 20 men. 
and we're all on our knees 25 minutes, 30 minutes, praying from our hearts um, about the needs of the church, about the transitions, all of those things. So how has prayer transformed the church in your, in, as, as you have seen it? Well, maybe I'm not the best one to say because um, I, 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 it happened so incrementally over the years. I'm mm-hmm. not sure how I can say that. Just to say that when I turned the ministry uh, uh, over to you as, as the lead pastor, I was confident that there were elders who were devoted to prayer, and there was a staff that was devoted to prayer, mm. and it was more than just lip service, and that Amen. many people had learned to pray. I got a couple of notes you know, that really were meaningful to me that I kept. People saying, look, doing those daily Bible readings really taught me how to pray. That's or, awesome. Or um, another person said going to the prayer meeting really shaped... It's, they're no longer at faith. They moved away, but uh, it really shaped her understanding of prayer to pray uh, the truth of Scripture. So um, I just think step by step over time, um, it's it's molded the church so that people from the outside are kind of shocked mm. because it isn't just... Um, kind of a nod to prayer, but actually it is a part of the warp and woof of who we are as a body. Yeah, amen. And you know, I uh, it's I think it's a beautiful legacy, brother. I know it's all to God's glory and by His grace, but uh, I have seen the fruit of that. I'm enjoying the fruit of that, you know. Mm. Uh, I, I have this privilege of um, being a part of shepherding a people who love to pray. And, and I just want to say, too, that I don't want to take too much credit for this, because the elders took to it from the very beginning, and mm. the staff did too. Um, and and I, I like to say when it comes to prayer ministry, I didn't get into that because I was praying Hyde. <laughs> That's a historic figure known for his mm-hmm. prayer life. I got into it because I wasn't. Mm. And uh, perhaps the legacy from my dad and growing up as my dad's son and so forth is I, I felt inadequate, but I felt like by bringing these things into my life and into the church life, it would help me too. Mm-hmm. And so many, many times I have experienced uh, dry spells or whatever where um, I've had to start again. Yeah. But I think in many ways the Christian life is a series of starting again. Mm. And, um, and I don't want to take too much credit. It's God's doing and the people responded. Amen. Yeah. That's cool. There's one thing I can just say, you know, observing over the last four and a half years being here at Faith, this church has a culture of prayer, mm. has a heart for prayer, and and lots of churches pray out there, and lots of saints pray, but but coming here to Faith, that was something that really impacted me. You mentioned that story about seeing us all as elders get down on our knees. Yeah. I have to ask, did that catch you off guard? I don't know about it off guard, but it, it was uh, it was pleasant to behold, right? You know, because because okay, yeah. I, I I recognized right then, this is a people who love to pray, yeah. You know, and it didn't look fake, it didn't look forced, you know. And and since then, you know, it's just so natural that we just, you know, uh, we had an elder meeting a few maybe a month ago, where we got done with our devotion and we were so taken by what we were, you know, seeing in the word. Uh, Pastor Thomas led a few songs of worship, and then we all just got on our knees and mm. and prayed. What thirty minutes? Yeah, yeah. and and it was, uh, you know, we we decided not to talk about what we're going to pray about. Just pray our hearts, and it was so rich and so, 
I mean, it, you just had to be in that room, you know, and, and what a legacy that is. And it's by God's grace and but awesome to behold. I remember uh, hearing a veteran pastor who was inclined this way uh, say that uh, his church board meetings were just long and difficult. Mm. And he said, we're going to start praying much more. And his, his, his elders really objected, mm. thinking, you know, our meetings are already way too long. Yeah. Uh, this, you're going to add more, but once they started really praying, the meetings got shorter and shorter. <laughs> In other words, there's a clarity, I think, that comes when you're pouring yourselves out at the throne of grace. The Lord brings clarity. That's the so Lord good. The Lord brings yeah. guidance and direction, and uh, shapes uh, it shapes our thinking in such a Godward direction, yeah. such a kingdom-minded focus that uh, it does make other things go more smoothly. Yeah. So you recently refocused your ministry uh, back at the end of August. You um, you stepped down from being the lead pastor here at Faith, uh, handed that over to me, uh, and you have refocused. So tell us about your ministry now. Well, um, prior to coming to Faith in 2009, I had for 13 years been full-time in prayer ministry through our uh, International Fellowship of Churches. And um, it actually started before that. While I was a pastor in Lincoln, Nebraska, I was asked to chair a commission on prayer, a volunteer group for that uh, International Fellowship, um, which was then the Baptist General Conference, now known as Converge. And um, so first, as a uh, leading a prayer commission of eight people who were really le- uh, devoted to prayer and known for their prayer lives, um, and then ask, being asked to go full-time, is, is raise support kind of as a prayer missionary. So for 13 years, I traveled speaking in churches on prayer, t- teaching and preaching and leading prayer events, and then got involved in the national and international prayer movement. Uh, we had prayer teams going to the mission field and so forth, um, pastor uh, gatherings for pastors and missionaries and chaplains to, to spend time and worship and prayer. Those things were a full-time ministry for me. And then we came to faith uh, in 2009, and uh, my desire then was to try to put into practice some of what I had learned Mm -hmm. over those years. Um, So now with refocusing, that's my preferred Mm -hmm. word to retirement, I my dad was a great example. He was engaged in ministry um, into his 80s. and retirement for him was just an opportunity to, to do other ministry. So in refocusing, I wanted to return to, to doing prayer ministry. So just a couple of weeks ago, I was able to lead a, a school of prayer at a church 40 miles south of here, Dalesburg Baptist. And uh, next month, I'll be leading a prayer gathering for pastors, missionaries, and chaplains up in Minnesota. And then in March, um, uh, here in our region, down in Omaha. And, and so... Um, just returning on about about a half-time basis to trying to encourage churches to grow in prayer and do uh, trying to teach some of what we've learned even here at Faith the last 14 years. So good. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're really excited about this ministry you're doing now. Uh, I've gotten to be a part of some of the prayer gatherings you've hosted here over the last couple years. Those have been very rich times. Uh, and always a sweet time. And, I, and I'll, I'll be the first to admit, in going back to what we were saying about the elders going on their knees, you know, maybe, maybe uh, caught off guard was the wrong way to put it, but it, there's definitely like, oh, this is what we're doing. You know, and it's, it's like, wow, this is really cool. Uh, 
And and you know, going into that prayer gathering, uh, I remember uh, my first year here. This was pre-COVID. Looking at the schedule and seeing, you know, we're we're gonna be praying for like sixteen hours here. How is this gonna work? You know, and and how quickly it went by, though. How how refreshing it felt. Yeah. Uh, being part of that was so wonderful. You know, we we're moving on here at faith and and continuing in the future. We we're talking about we want to press on uh, in what God has called us to press on in those things in which we're rooted and grounded. We also want to, um, you know, reach forward for the future of the opportunities that God gives us. How do we continue to be a praying church, and and you know, could we ever run into a, a danger of slipping from that? Well, sure. I mean, there's always a danger of slipping from the gospel and slipping yeah. from the scriptures and those things. I, I, I mean, I, I but I, I'm very confident in turning the ministry over to you men and and to the elders at Faith because of the the strong commitment to fidelity to Scripture and to um, Christian living and so forth. But I would say two two phrases that I've used already in this uh, podcast. One is, if there's leaders who are devoted to leading by prayer, mm. in other words, much more than just lip service, mm. but actually devotion to prayer, as Paul talks about. And then second... Um, the phrase of discipling the congregation to pray truth, mm. to pray God's word. If those two things can endure, and yes, there'll be um, dry spells and there'll be times where you need to get back to it, you know, kind of thing. Uh, that's my own experience as well. But uh, if, if leading by prayer among the elders and the staff and then um, discipling the congregation to continue to grow. There's always new people coming in and, and the need to teach them. Uh, just to share one thought, you know, something that we finally did after many years of talking about it was we started this leadership training group called Shepherd Leader Training. And, and I remember the very first session with the very first group, I said, well, now we're going to pray in light of all that we've been talking about tonight. We're going to pray. And, uh, and after a few moments, some of the guys were joking and laughing in their group and whatever, and I stopped and I said, the group, and I said, no, I, we we're going to be praying. Oh, they said, we're done. <laughs> and I realized they needed to be discipled and helped to understand what I meant mm. by the fact we're going to pray now, um, not just, thanks, Lord, for what we've talked about tonight, God bless, mm-hmm. good night's rest. I didn't mean that. I meant actually interceding at the throne of grace about all the things, praising God for for the theology that we had talked about and praying for the church with the ecclesiology we had talked about and and um, and so forth, other needs that we had in the group. And, and so I began to help them figure out how to translate 90 minutes or more of... of conversation and question answering and discussion into actually a focused time of prayer that would go Mm. on for some time. And every group, by the end of the year, I have to cut them off Mm. because the time has passed and and we need to go home because they're just fervently praying. Mm -hmm. Well, so that's discipling people and praying scripture and leading by prayer. And if those two phrases could endure, faith will um, not have any problem with falling away from that. Mm. 
Pastor Dana, if uh, this isn't this wasn't a, a scripted question, but I'm just curious. You know, over your tenure here, you know, were there some times of prayer or seasons of prayer where you that that just stick out in your mind that you remember powerfully? Well, I think uh, you will agree with this, Thomas. That as I was coming toward the end of of our my time here at Faith, and we had been praying for we prayed for two years about this transition. Mm. Right, we called it anticipating change and. We prayed about um, spinning off our West Campus as its own church, which has now happened. We prayed about my successor coming, and Mike has come, and and my uh, moving off into a refocus, which has happened. But as we were kind of gearing into that and getting ready to call Mike and so forth, we had this couple, the Simmonsmas, whose daughter was had had very, very, very serious cancer. You were intimately involved in that situation with. Uh, Andrew and Kayla and their little girl, and and so one night uh, it wasn't my idea. I'm humbled to say, but I think someone initiated it with you, and and you brought it to me, and we ended up having on a Wednesday night, our usual ministry night, uh, a, a a time of prayer mm. for the family and for their little girl, and and um, and a full house came together. Yeah, a full mm. house came together. Many of them guests from outside. Um, friends of the Simmonsmas and so forth. And um, I had a whole sheet of scriptures ready to use as prompters because I figured it would need to be kind of helped along during the hour. So didn't need any didn't of it. Didn't need any of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started it off with a scripture, but person after person came to the mic and prayed and prayed truth, prayed scripture, <laughs> came with their Bibles open and and uh, it, just, it could have gone even longer, but we had kids in childcare, whatever. Uh, I think we even said we, we need to, to dismiss, but if you want to stay and keep praying, you can. And there were some who did, yeah, did. in little clusters. It, it felt to me like the Lord confirming this congregation has grown mm. over these years. Mm. And it really was a blessing to me. And the thing I told... Uh, Andrew and Kayla about because their little girl did pass away, as you know, Thomas and yeah. and um, but I said you will always know that the body of Christ really prayed, and so evidently you know God's it was clear that God's answer was no as far as her earthly healing, but yes as far as her eternal healing. Yeah, amen. and 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 that evening of prayer really was great confirmation. I would say that plus Mike's own testimony now about how the elders pray um, has just felt, a, it's been a great blessing yeah. for me to feel that there is fruit from the years of investment and in helping faith as a praying church. It just, it highlights me, and you know, you mentioned that time, uh, we probably pulled everything together in literally 10 minutes. Hmm. And it was one of the richest times that we've had in my almost five years here at Faith. And, and it just highlighted to me that when, the, when, when we were going through as a church, when we were walking through this trial with this family who was going through this trial, yeah. the instinct was to cry out to God. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You know, that, was, that was the first instinct. Yeah. We've got to cry out to God. And, um, you know, in God's providence and God, in the mystery of His will, uh, things unfolded the way they did. But I don't think there was a person who came away from that service 
that wasn't deeply, profoundly affected uh, by the Spirit of God moving in their hearts during that time. And I know there were people who said, I- I've never experienced anything like that. Mm-hmm. And um, and again, that was people from outside of our church who came and and just <clears throat> were kind of shocked, honestly, yeah. at, at it. And um, and so what a testimony, I think, of what it means to be a praying church. Yeah. So I love that you shared that. And, you know, I, I think that a lot of I think a lot of Christians would would say they really struggle with their prayer life, you know, wanting to grow deeper. And I would say that a lot of pastors struggle to lead their churches into deeper rhythms of prayer and habits of prayer and those kind of things as a church. Um, So let's just speak to them for just a moment. You've kind of have already, but um, like pastor in his church wanting wanting a deeper sense of prayer among his people, a deeper commitment to it, and a Christian who is struggling with their own prayer life, what would you say to them? Well, first of all, um, my own struggle, uh, I, I've mentioned, um, I wasn't praying hide, that's true, and I'm also, I'm not a highly disciplined person. I'm a very relational person, but not a highly disciplined, I would have made a terrible engineer and um, uh, so I, one of the things that I did early on is I created prayer relationships for myself. And even throughout my 14 years here at Faith, I had two pastors that I prayed with on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, one would call me from Seattle, my good friend Roy Peacock. Uh, he and I have prayed together for over 25 years every week. Uh, I mean, occasionally missing if, because of a vacation or whatever, but he'll call me very faithfully, and we pray. We've prayed together over many things, our churches, our families, and so forth. And then another brother here in town when I came who said, I understand you would you know, help me pray. And so he and I became prayer partners, and we pray, again, weekly, sometimes multiple times a week together. So... It starts with the pastor himself, and if you struggle in that area, which I certainly have, um, create prayer relationships that keep you coming to the throne of grace, mm-hmm. and then and then um, and then bring that into your own relationships with leaders and so forth. We've talked about that, but um, bring them into it as well, and um, set the the tone, and that will start to spread. It will. It start to spread and encourage people um, to to find those prayer relationships and to create those uh, settings in which you're devoted to prayer. Um, I think so often uh, staff meetings are just nuts and bolts, and mm. you know, okay, now we're done. So let's say a quick word, like you talked about, and 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 so. Bring in an atmosphere where prayer is first. So our prayer ministry, when I was full-time, was called Prayer First, and that's from 1 Timothy 2. I urge then first of all, mm. right? And and um, and now we've gone back to that name so that uh, the new ministry we're engaged in is Prayer First Heartland. And, um, and Prayer First means make it a first priority, not a last, mm-hmm. but a first priority. And I think when a pastor starts to bring that in, with practical emphases like teaching people to pray scripture and so forth, um, and then be willing to take the time because 
like at Faith. It's been a 14-year journey, and I don't mean before me that there wasn't prayer. There was before I came, but it's just a, it's a, it's a long journey, and, um, and it's incremental change over time, and, um, and God will do it. Amen. Well, th- thank you for being here uh, today, Pastor Dana, so much. I and mean, we could probably keep going on and on. Uh, but, uh, Mike, is there anything else you want to add, you know, to our discussion today that we, you know, just pertinent to this whole idea of pressing on, or reaching forward to what God has before us and the opportunities that lie ahead? You know, uh, where do we see prayer? Yeah, uh, certainly. In the days to certainly, come? one of the the great things about faith that we don't want to lose is that we are praying people. Amen. And we're, no matter where we go with, you know, our vision and, you know, uh, we won't depart from that. Mm. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm thankful for that emphasis. I have no doubt that that's true. Mm. No doubt. And we're seeing a word for us, Pastor Dan? Yeah. Well, just, um, uh, I loved being pastor at Faith for 14 years, and I've, I've loved the the knowledge in some ways stepping away this fall whatever it's been challenging and difficult yeah. for me you know it's uh after 40 years of full-time ministry suddenly um not having that office to go to and that staff to interact with has been challenging for me but um but one of the things i could say is i had full confidence um with you brothers and with the elders to that faith was in very good hands. God has answered our prayers, the prayers of these two years of anticipating change. God answered those prayers, and I'm, I'm, I'm so confident of this, that he who began a good work in the life of Faith Baptist will bring it to completion Amen. in the day of Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm in your old office now. Yeah, I, I, I looked and, in there. Uh, <laughs> Before I came up, I looked in there, and it looks... A lot neater than when I was in there. Yeah. You know, and one thing I can say, though, is uh, I always remember walking down the hall, maybe to go to the restroom or something, how many times I looked in your office and saw you with your head bowed. Um, and huh. it's what the Puritans called a, a man with a crooked neck, hmm. you know, whose head was bowed. And it's just, you know, I'm not getting into the whole idea of mystical spaces or anything like that, but, you know, I, it made me think, may people walk past this office and see the same thing. Oh, man. Um, you know. Word. You blessed us today, Pastor Dana. Uh, thank you for being with us. It's good to have you. This won't be the last time, I'm sure. So, <laughs> God bless you, brothers. Yeah, you've been listening to Sound in Faith podcast, coming to you from Faith Baptist Fellowship. And uh, I'm Pastor Thomas Lawson. And I'm Pastor Mike Johnson. Lord willing, we'll see you Sunday.